Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 24th of July 2016, entitled A Place of Refuge. And the Bible reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 41 to 43. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Okay, let me ask you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. As I read from Deuteronomy chapter 4, In Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'd like to read simply verses 41 through 43, which says, Then Moses severed three cities on this side Jordan toward the sun rising, that the slayer might flee thither, which should kill his neighbor unawares, and hated him not in times past, and that fleeing unto one of these cities he might live, namely, Bezer in the wilderness in the plain country of the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead of the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan of the Manassites. Father, thank you for your word this morning. We do ask, Lord, that you would help us these next moments together to speak to our hearts in matters that you would have spoken to us today. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to try to sing is just a short song, but the question that it asks is very important to the thoughts that we want to look at briefly this morning. The title of the song is, Where Could I Go? Where Could I Go? Living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Striving alone to face temptation sore. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Neighbors are kind, I love them every one. We get along in sweet accord. But when my soul needs manna from above, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul, needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Life here is grand with friends I love so dear. Comfort I get from God's own word. Yet when I face the chilling hand of death, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. 
Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go but to the Lord? We live in a day when, of course, the term refugee is one that we hear quite often. Kind of hard to have seen any newspapers or magazines or turned on the radio or had on the news on the TV or whatever without seeing many of the photos of thousands and thousands and thousands of refugees that are looking for a place of refuge. Why do we call them refugees? Because they're seeking a place of refuge. The term refuge is defined in the dictionary as the state of being safe or sheltered from pursuit danger, or difficulty. The state of being safe from some kind of danger that is upon you. A place of refuge, Cambridge Dictionary says that it is a place that gives protection or shelter from danger, trouble, unhappiness, etc. So we find that On the one hand, in order to have a refugee, you have to have someone that is seeking refuge. They're seeking a place of safety, a place to be protected from the dangers that are imminent upon them. We find in our scripture reading in the book of Deuteronomy that these cities, these three cities here, were being appointed by the Lord as a place of refuge for specifically for a person that had murdered his neighbor. It was a crime that carried the death sentence. It says, Moses severed these three cities on this side of Jordan toward the sun. Listen, that the slayer, the murderer, might flee thither, might be able to go to these places which should kill his neighbors unaware. I mean, you know, how do you kill a neighbor unaware? How do you kill somebody without knowing that you've killed them? Well, the word unaware there really is carrying the idea of unintentionally. It's like if, you know, we used to get together, a bunch of us men in the church back in North Carolina, and sometimes we'd go out wood chopping. Because many of us had wood burners in our homes and fireplaces and things like this. So we'd go down and we'd chop down these big trees and we'd cut all this wood up. Well, it'd kind of be like if Brother Carl and I were out there chopping wood together as brothers in the Lord and suddenly I swung the axe and the axe head come flying off and just chook. Guess what? <laughs> He'd have a splitting headache to start with, but uh, somehow I don't think he'd survive that. Well, that doesn't change the fact that I killed him. But it does change the fact that it wasn't intentional. That's what these cities were set up for, was these that, that had killed somebody, but that it was unintentional. But yet, under the law, it was a capital crime. If you could prove that it was an accident, then there was refuge in these cities. You see, the neighbor's nearest kin, whoever that might be, had the right under the law to avenge the blood of the one that had been murdered. So whether I did it intentionally or unintentionally, the fact was if I murdered someone, 
then their family had the right to come and take my life in return. So we find that what the Bible is saying here is that God is saying, okay, we're going to set up these places of refuge, these cities of refuge where that this one that's been accused of murder, if he's done it without intention, without thinking about it before, that's what the Bible goes on there and hated him not in times past. It wasn't something that he had planned, something that he had done out of his heart. We find that it was a place for him to go to in order to find a place of refuge. This one had become a refugee because there were those that were able to take his life and to do so under the law because of what he had done. So as we look at this that God was setting up here, we see, first of all, a place of refuge. I want you to notice three things about these cities very briefly, and I hope that you can apply it to some spiritual things in your life today. I want you to see that these cities were a place of refuge, a place of reflection, and a place of rest. We find that if the avenger of blood caught that one that had been accused before he got into the city of refuge, he had every right to kill him. He was allowed to. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But once he was inside the place of refuge, we find that he was safe because the avenger of blood could not come into the city after him. He wasn't allowed to do that. Now, what happened to that one that was flying for refuge, though, as soon as he got in the city, there had to be an immediate trial. A trial was called immediately, immediately that he would have to prove his innocence if he were allowed to stay in the city. He took refuge in the city, but he has to be able to prove his innocence or he gets booted back out of the city. And who's waiting on the outside? That avenger of blood that wants to take his life. But if he's acquitted, if he's able to show that what he did uh, was un unintentional, then we find that he's allowed to stay within the city. And he was able to stay there until the death of the high priest. <laughs> and he could never, ever return to his old world, his possessions that was there. But... If he were found outside the city of refuge, he could be put to death by the avenger of blood. Now turn over just a few pages further in your Bible to, to the book of Isaiah. And notice what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32, verses 1 and 2. It says, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Look also into Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3. The Word of God says, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. 
we find that both of these passages, both in the book of Isaiah and in the book of Colossians, is taking the same thing that we see here in Deuteronomy and it's applying it to our spiritual lives. You see, as we look around today, and and a lot of times, a lot of the real question, even now in many, many, many countries is, how do we help all of these people that are seeking refuge somewhere that they can be safe? Why are they in all of these refugee camps? Why are they running, wanting to get to a place that that will be safe for them? because they have been living somewhere on this earth. It may have been Syria, maybe somewhere else. Right now, that's one of the hot spots where many of these refugees, they've recognized that living in Syria, they were living in a dangerous place. Now listen, they would not be in the refugee camp, they would not be seeking refuge if they had not first recognized the danger that was around them. That if they stayed where they were, it could cost them their life. They're fleeing from the danger, and they're seeking a place of refuge. May I say the same truth applies in our spiritual realm. There are still many people in Syria in the same places that these have fled from. And maybe some of them are there that don't think that there's any danger where they are. They don't recognize the danger, so therefore they have not tried to flee from it. Sadly, There's some there that wants to take part. (laughs) They're part of the danger problem. They want to take part in the evil and things that are going on. But they themselves then become a danger to those who don't. So we find that everybody hasn't left, but only those that recognize the danger and want to flee from that danger, they want to find a place of refuge. The Bible is teaching us clearly in these passages our place of refuge spiritually is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil, Satan, old Slewfoot himself, the great accuser of the brethren and the avenger of blood. Guess what? If you enter the place of refuge, he cannot enter. He can't come in. His authority ends at the gate. You need to recognize he does have authority on this earth right now where we're living in this flesh. But he has no authority in the place of refuge. You find that the simple truth is just as we find in Deuteronomy, that if that old avenger of blood gets to you before you get to the city gates, he can kill you. You have no protection. You can't protect yourself. There's no way you can protect yourself against him. You're done for. But praise be to God. (laughs) We have the protection that we need in Jesus Christ. He is our place of refuge. But you need to recognize the danger. These men were literally, I want to tell you something. Has your life ever been in danger? Have you ever been at a point with anything in your life where you honestly thought this could cost you your life? It's not a place you want to hang around. (laughs) It's not where you want to stay. You know, the old saying of running for your life becomes very real when it's your life that you're running for. That's what these people were, even though they suddenly realized, hey, 
I've committed this crime. And whether I meant to, you know, I didn't, I didn't even mean to do it. I had no intention of doing it, but I did. And therefore, I'm guilty. The punishment is death. And there's only one place I can get to to get away from that death penalty, to keep from dying. That's in Christ. Folks, we need to realize. You need to realize the danger. You better realize outside of the place of refuge that you're at his mercy. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you before that you can get to the place of refuge. The place of refuge today is Jesus Christ. And if you're outside of that city, there is no other refuge. There is no other place to take you. There is no other place that can give you the protection that you need. It's also a place of reflection. You see, a place of reflection for those that have been acquitted. <laughs> Once you flee to the city of refuge, a place where then once you have proven your innocence in Jesus Christ, <laughs> we find that then you've got something to reflect upon. Wow. <laughs> where was I? What, what did I have? What was my life? Where was my life headed? If I hadn't made it into the place of refuge, it's a time to reflect upon the the grace of God that even offered you. This was God that was setting up these places of refuge for thee. It's God that has set up the place of refuge for you today. It's a time to reflect on the fact that it's only because of him that you even got a way of being saved, a way of being acquitted for your crimes, a place of reflection. Place of reflection, sometimes there are those that try to, <laughs> that try to get into the city under false pretenses, claiming innocence when they're guilty. You see, everyone that enters the place of refuge has got to stand before the judge. And just some mere profession of innocence, any more than just a mere profession of faith, Folks, that's not sufficient when you stand before the judge. You have to truly be innocent. You can only find a full pardon in Jesus Christ. You see, the problem is when we run to the place of refuge, when we realize that we've committed a crime, that we've committed sin, that the wages of sin is death, and we realize that Satan wants to destroy you before because God, by his grace, has given you a place of refuge. And that place of refuge is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that when we come there and we face the judge, there's only one way that we can be acquitted. And that's because we're standing in Jesus Christ. <laughs> we stand before him. Just saying I'm innocent isn't enough. Just saying I'm a Christian isn't enough. We have so much easy believism today when people are more interested in just getting somebody to say a little prayer or sign some little card or do some little something to become a Christian. No, it has to be genuine innocence. You have to genuinely stand before the judge, acquitted in Jesus Christ because he took your place for you. 
Now, in him, you can stand before that judge, a place where you can reflect upon these things, a place where we can also reflect also that when we're there, we are safe. <laughs> Once we're there in Christ and our innocence is proved in him, he is our hiding place. He is our refuge. There is no way that Satan can possibly get through to us. Our security is found in him. A very familiar passage of Scripture that we find in 1 Peter chapter 5. The Bible tells us in verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, in my little bit of study of, of animals, do you know why that the lion roars so loud? Because he tries to scare you with the roar. He scares his prey. He roars so loud that many, many times the prey will just freeze. Have you ever heard something so loud that it just stopped you in your tracks because you were, you were so frightened? That's what the devil wants you to do. You know, especially if you're trying to make your way to the place of refuge, he's going to roar and he's going to shout. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion trying to seek who he can devour before they get into the place of refuge. The Bible's telling you to be vigilant. We find that we need to reflect today. God has provided a city, a place of refuge you and I, just as he did for those in the book of Deuteronomy. But you know, they could only enter that city by their own choice. Anybody that's outside of the place of refuge, if they realize the imminent danger that's there, it's hard to understand why, why would they stand there when they know that they have no protection against this enemy that wants to destroy, destroy them. But unless you choose, it's like I was reading something else because it was actually a sermon that I started preparing that then led me to this one instead of that one, but it was really looking on the whole idea of a pardon, and the pardon that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, it doesn't matter who issues that pardon, it could be royalty, it could be the king or the queen, it could be the president or the prime minister, it could be that person that is in the place of authority that is allowed to grant those pardons. But you can grant a pardon all day long, but unless the person that's being pardoned will receive that pardon, it's no good. <laughs> it's worthless. We find that that's part of the problem today. Oh, we need a place of refuge. We need a place of reflection. But I want you to know today, we're not having to run around as a bunch of scared little Christians that we're in a place of refuge that the enemy can't even get to us. I read this passage last week in our remembrance of Sister Diane. I'd like to read it again in Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to reflect on the fact today that if you recognize the danger that was imminent in your life and you sought that place of refuge and you entered into the place of refuge and there through Jesus Christ you proved your innocence because of his sacrifice for you the devil can't get to you. There is nothing, nothing that can ever separate you from him. You see, the place of refuge is secure forever and forever, and nothing can take you from there. But remember this in closing. It's also a place of rest, <laughs> a place of rest. John Gill, the commentator, says this. According to the rabbis, in order to aid the fugitive, it was the business of the Sanhedrin to keep the roads leading to the cities of refuge in the best possible repair. Now, who were the Sanhedrin? They're supposed to be God's representatives, okay? They were those that had that, that position there. Well, it was their job to keep the roads that led to these places of refuge in the best possible repair. He said no hills were left. Every river was bridged. The road itself was to be at least 32 cubits broad. Do you know what a cubit is? About 18 inches. It's that tip of that middle finger till you throw there. It's, it's, it's you know, some of us have a little slot, but it's around 18 inches. So that was like just shy of 50 feet across. This, this road had to be kept clear. It had to be kept in good repair. All the bridges had to be in good shape. At every turn, were guideposts bearing the word refuge. As two students of the law were appointed to accompany the fleeing man and to pacify, if possible, the avenger should he overtake the fugitive. So the way was made clear. Once you realized there was danger, God had people there. They helped clear the way. They helped try to make sure that you were able to get to that place of refuge. And I promise you this, there's never been an individual that once he recognized the enemy and he ran for the place of refuge, there's never been one that didn't make it. Jesus Christ's arms are open to everyone today, but you've got to make that move. You've got to make that choice. You see, this suggests that those traveling those roads, that God was giving them all the help they needed. Once they decided to make that journey, he was giving them everything that they needed to be able to get to the end of it. The obstructions were removed so they could go at top speed, literally running for their lives. You see, the rest that comes with salvation is something that's given to every believer. After such a desperate journey, after running for your life and escaping the avenger, 
Rest was needed. And that's the first rest you find. And we could look at so many passages if we had time, but the rest that comes with salvation of knowing that you've outrun the avenger, but also the rest of Canaan land. You see, so many people misunderstand Canaan land as being heaven, but no, Canaan land, Canaan land was, was here upon this earth. Canaan was a place that they could find that rest, that security while they were still in this world. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, it says, There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He says in verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the weapon. That's the only one that you need. You see, rest. Rest from the avenger. But rest from the pressures and the battles and the struggles of this life. Jesus Christ is a place of refuge. This world is real and the dangers are real. But you need to recognize the accuser wants your life. He wants it. There's only one place that you can protect it. That's in the place of refuge. Today, have you chosen the place of refuge? And once you're the place of refuge, you've got to prove your innocence with all the best intentions in the world, without Jesus Christ, none of us are innocent. But in Jesus Christ, we can prove that innocence. And then we're allowed to stay in the place of refuge. And the enemy can never get to us. And we're there, and we can reflect not only where we've come from, but where we're going. We can rest in that great battle for our soul. The ancient cities of refuge, they just offer us some great picture of some of the great truths of salvation. We have a place of refuge in the great enemy of our souls. We have a place where we can be protected in Jesus Christ. That place, the Lord Jesus Christ himself you know, he wants you to rest in the completed word of all of his promises. He promises every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. He's your place of refuge today, not the world. Are you struggling with things in your life? Are you struggling? It might be in your head. It might be in your physical world. Jesus Christ is the place of refuge. He's the place for you today. But you're the one that has to go there. I wonder if there's anybody here today. You've never entered into the place of refuge. The way's been prepared. Every opportunity has been given. God himself, by his grace, has offered you a place of refuge. All you have to do is choose to go there, and he's given you everything that you need to make sure that you make it through those gates. You have to take the first step. You'll find that the way is clear. 
But you've got to make that first step, that first choice to get away from the enemy, to go to the place of refuge. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that Lord, though we've rushed through some of these thoughts, that Lord, it's just a reminder. Just as you gave a place of refuge for those in that day with their physical life, Lord, you've given us a place of refuge for our souls, for our eternities in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray today that you would help all of these, Lord, that are here today, that they can know that their place of refuge is in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and once they go to him, once their innocence is proved in him, they have absolutely nothing to fear. They have no worries from what the devil, nothing, nothing can separate them from him. Lord, if there are those here today that have never made that choice, help them make that choice today. Help them not to leave here with the uncertainties. Help them not to leave here today outside the gates of the place of refuge. Help them to run for their life, to enter in at those gates where Jesus is waiting. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.